1: Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Episode 14 of Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. My lucky number, 14.
0: It's also the year I started drinking. <laughs>
1: You mean 21? <laughs>
0: of course, 14 way too young. It was more like 16. Yeah.
1: It's, it's, everything is a plus seven. <laughs>
0: plus seven, sure. Right. So, Or
1: minus seven, depending on what you're going
0: for. Right. Um, Unless you're talking to a doctor about how many beers you drink in a week, then you should definitely just be honest and say, hey, don't multiply my number. I'm being real with you. Yes. I happen to drink six beers a day. Yes. Don't make that sound like 13, <laughs> all right?
1: The reason 14 is my lucky number, by the way. Yeah. Is I grew up in New Jersey and we would go down to the shore every single summer to uh, Maury's Pier at Wildwood Crest. So, for anyone who's familiar with that, Jersey shout out. Uh, it's down, it's very, very South Jersey, basically the furthest south you can go except for Cape May. And one day I played one of those shoot the water into the the hole to get to, to like move a horse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing on the boardwalk. And I sat at seat number 14 and I won. And then I stayed there for a second game and I won. And then I went to another game and sat at seat number 14, and I won. Ooh. So 14 is my lucky number. Good for you. And based on what the podcast today is going to be and what I see before me, I have a feeling it's going to be a pretty fun podcast.
0: Yeah, Merry Christmas
1: to us. <laughs> Merry beer to us. So uh, episode 14 today is going to be OG beers. Now, I know we talked about this very briefly in the first episode of the podcast and we did kind of a brief history and then moved on to culture of beer but i had this written down in a list of notes of things that i were that i was interested in talking about that we were interested in talking about for the podcast and wanted to give a little bit more detailed love to the og craft beers in oregon and when i say more detailed love i mean right in front of us we have a McMinneman's ruby we have a rogue dead guy we have a widmer Hef. Or Haifa, he- as they would li- like we're you to going say. We'll go with
0: Heff. Okay. Full
1: Sale Amber and Deschutes Blackview Porter. All right in front of us. Yeah. Now, no, we are not going to drink the entirety of every one of these beers because uh, we have things to do today.
0: We have other jobs. <laughs> Adulting.
1: Also, Beer of the Week is still coming. Yeah. And that one tends to be more consumed because we're tasting it and trying to find the flavors. So, this will be more of a sipping episode for these og beers and that's fine but it's just very exciting to see all five of them laid out in front of me like
0: this <laughs> yeah well gave me the idea to pick these up on the way in because we had talked about doing this og podcast um which which i really really enjoy what what made me think of these beers specifically was i actually went to you know not to honk on this place too much but i love it so much and we'll talk more about them later i was at Ceraveza for a uh it was it was uh portland beer week and they did kind of a kickoff event where they called it like a like a throwback Thursday sort of thing. Okay. Pints were $4, and they had Pelican's Kawanda Cream, Bridgeport IPA, Dead Guy, Ruby, Hefeweizen from Widmer, Full Sail Amber, Deschutes Butte Porter, uh, LCD from Lompoc, and Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Mm. And me and my buddy Badger sat there and drank a pint of every single thing on the menu. We like, were sitting outside, and we had a pint of each one sitting there. Were, we were you just sharing tasting. them? Yeah, we were just sharing them. Okay, I was going to
1: say, that's how many each? Like, Oh, that's eight, 10 beers. 10 beers yeah, each? Yeah. yeah,
0: and we were just kind of tasting them and bouncing back and forth, and we, oh my goodness, we had such a blast. I mean, we were loaded by the end of it, but we had so imagine. much fun because we never drink these beers anymore. I know. I think that's what's exciting about talking about these beers and going back and tasting them again is like, I would... I i have never. No offense, but I'm never going to a grocery store and buying a six pack of full sale amber. It's just, it's not my beer. It's not my style. Um, it's just not going to happen. As much as we talk about our love for black porter, again, I'm not. I'm never buying this. I'm always like, oh, what's new? What's trendy? What's awesome? So to come back in and kind of dive into these on a more, I don't know, I guess intellectual level uh, is going to be really fun. It's kind of a more intimate level too, because a lot of the times when you see
1: these type of beers. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a party. I'm going to have a Bee Porter or I'm going to have a, a Hef or, oh, this is the the thing on tap, the one craft beer on tap. Mm-hmm. I'll have that. But you're just drinking it because you want a good craft beer and you know that it, it's good. It may not be new or trendy or your favorite, but it's like, oh, it's solid. I'll, I'll enjoy it. But being able to do it here in this setting where it's like, oh, let's actually take a look at the flavors in these beers. And why mm-hmm. are they so successful? And why are they still so solid today? It's kind of more intimate, too. It's cool. I've never had any of these beers in this kind of a a mindset.
0: No, and I think you nailed it right on the head. I mean, how many barbecues did you go to? And you were like, "Ah, I don't really feel like cheap beer, but, you know, I mean... I always bring beer, so I don't run into this. But in my younger days, you forget to bring beer, or you just didn't have money to bring beer. And you open the cooler, and there's a Widmer Heff, and you're like, oh, guess I'm drinking this. That's good. Yep. There you go. Yep,
1: we'll survive. Good option for me. So let us know what you think of the podcast and some of your OG beers that are your, that are your favorites. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Radio.com and the Radio.com app. You can do it on iTunes and Google Play as well. And uh, you can also find it on social meds. I'm at Mike Lynch twenty seven on twitter patrick's at pdd085 on instagram and also it's on at the fan on twitter you can find it there let us know uh their your favorite og beers and also rate subscribe review all those things we appreciate it uh, and, and appreciate all the downloads too it's the numbers so far have been great and we're, we're really really appreciative so far and uh, let us know what you're thinking and what, what you'd like us to do and your beers that you've been drinking and your beer of the week and all that you can feel free to let us know on social media we we appreciate it so Let's get to going here. Let's uh, let's get started. Which remember, we're only doing some sips. <laughs> we are not going to fall into the trap of drinking too much of these beers because it's going to be a massive mistake. I'll tell where you would you Where would you like to start? Would you like to go in order of say taster tray ish and go light to dark? Do you want to go in order of oldest to newest? Do you want to go in what, what's the What's the plan of action I here? I think the
0: plan of action is. What's gonna be the less crashing on the palate from start to finish? Okay, so that's I taster would, trayish, right? Yeah, taster tray style is what I'd say and boy between the ruby and the Hef Hef's probably the lightest. Hef's probably the lightest because the ruby's a pretty bold flavor, but it's not a big body I would yeah. go I would go hef,
1: ruby amber dead guy black beer porter. Yeah, let's start. Let's start with the Hef so the Hef is To me, it feels like the Hef is everyone's favorite beer.
0: It's well, almost everyone's intro beer, it, for sure,
1: especially in this state. Mm-hmm. And you go to a place and and you you bring someone who's not super keen on craft beer. Hey, do you have Hef on tap? Of course. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they'll get. It's a it's a very very
0: easy introductory beer to craft beer drinkers. And it's become I mean it's become such a staple in this town in the sense like you go to any bar any bar literally anyone literally any bar and almost all of them have Whitmer Hef on. And it's, you know, it's right there next to next to the Coors Light, next to the Bud Light, because it's the kind of beer that appeals to to all crowd all beer drinking crowds. I mean, even even, you know, Tommy over there that only drinks Coors Light, you know, Tommy's gonna take a sip of this beer and go, Well, that's not that bad. You know? And that's I think a testament to this beer and why this beer has lasted so long. Now I will say this, I am anti the fruit in beer. I think this beer is citrusy enough. That you do not need a lemon for this beer. Yeah. Um, however, uh, for a nostalgia factor, as we did at Throwback Thursday at Vesa, uh, they were serving it with lemons. It was it was it was cute. It was fun.
1: I mean, that's this is kind of what you do. I feel like when you're just learning about beer, and this could be any type of beer, adding the orange or the lemon onto it, it kind of makes it a little bit more approachable for you. Mm-hmm. And because I, I remember always getting, you put like the little, uh, the is it the orange in, in Corona?
0: Uh, lime and corona lime
1: and corona orange and blue moon blue moon and then lemon lemon in uh the half in the half and i i didn't have half obviously back where i grew up so it was orange and blue moon was my go-to because i love orange but, juice i love orange flavor and i kind of orange is my favorite color me too nice go syracuse and um oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so i remember just liking blue moon in some ways because of the orange mm-hmm. and it just kind of was an easy way for me to be introduced to the beer now nowadays i would never do that because yeah. the beer should be able to stand up on its own it shouldn't need anything
0: added to it right but
1: it was it was nice to be able to to be introduced that way yeah and, and the hef
0: i mean the hef this is we got we gotta remember this is the american version of a hefeweizen which yes. is a german wheat beer um and The American, I mean, Widmer basically changed the game of how Americans make Hefeweizen. I would say they made this. They started making this beer what thirty years ago. Well, and they
1: claim it's the original American Hefeweizen, which yep, they're probably right. I have nothing to discount that. So,
0: um, it's the first ever hazy beer, quote unquote, as they like to uh, (laughs) brag. I think it's that. What what do the billboards around town say? Hazy since nineteen eighty nine. Yep, something like that. Something like that. Which which is a a fun, cheeky little stab at, uh, you know the haze craze the that's going around trend. yeah yeah cuz it it is hazy it is not a clear beer um it it has it has body to it and i think that's the point um which i think is what's interesting why this beer is so appealing to introductory crowds to craft beer is that it's got a decent sized body to it you know it's got a full mouth feel and uh but i think you know the the citrus the the lemon that that permeates from it that's the
1: on the nose of it it's all lemon yeah it's all citrus right away Mm -hmm. and when you think of the original type of hefeweizens the the actual german styles you get a lot of banana Mm -hmm. and even nowadays in some of the american style hefeweizens you're you're getting a lot of the banana there is so little banana flavor in this beer i think you can maybe get a hint of it Mm -hmm. but it's so reduced and it's because that flavor is kind of It's jarring when you first get it. So if this is supposed to be introductory, easy-to-drink, sessionable, go-to for non-craft beer drinkers, then you can't have that strong
0: of a punch of a banana flavor. So it's just citrusy. It's it's probably yeast-driven in the German style, which is why you're getting a little of that banana estuary. But, I mean, this beer has been completely Americanized. And I think to do that, you kind of have to dial back some of the complexity of this beer, and just kind of be straightforward and say, "I wanna, I want a, a a full-bodied wheat beer with some citrus flavors to it." Right,
1: because it, it's very clearly not a lager or no. or a, a, I guess a classic American ale. Yeah, it's not like that at all. It's it's not as easy to drink as that. It's easy to drink for a full-bodied citrusy beer. It, it, it's, in my opinion, kind of a good introduction to IPAs too, because it does have the very big citrus flavor it kind of can be like hey look there's also citrus
0: ipas which will be a little stronger but still have a similar flavor profile definitely and it's got it's got a it's got a little bit of a bite too Mm -hmm. that i think is kind of masked by the citrus flavor and that little bite is going to help you i mean just move along to any other beer
1: so that's uh whitmer's half also they've been Proud uh, sponsors of the Timbers for many years, and that is, I'm assuming, helped grow their brand as well.
0: Yeah, it doesn't hurt, that's for sure. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you see it at Timbers games all, all across the, the backsplash. It's like, Widmer is the only beer of the Timbers, and that's they sell it obviously everywhere in the stadium. Except for I
0: buy beer at Double Post or Axe and Rose and don't drink Widmer.
1: Is that? Oh, you're saying in the in, in the, the stadium. stadium. Cool. Yeah. I've only been to two Timbers games, so not super familiar with all the uh, the well, extra stuff there. We're
0: going to the playoffs. If you want to go, I'm probably going to go. That
1: is true. The first game I ever went to was the playoffs a couple years ago. Oh
0: yeah, Vancouver game. No, with you, FC Dallas. Oh, it was Dallas. I couldn't remember if it was Vancouver. Timbers won three to one. Great game. Then we won a cup. Yes. Go Timbers. <laughs> PTFC. Um,
1: next beer in the in the order here is the McMenamins Ruby, which I was curious if Patrick was going to be able to find in a can or a bottle form. And we did find the bo- uh, the can, excuse yep. me. And it looks awesome. It really does. That's one thing about McMinnimans is they have a really cool style that they have stuck to in all of their restaurants. For those who don't know who don't live in this area, McMinnimans has uh, 600 restaurants in Oregon, and they buy these old classic buildings that have really cool history or are haunted in some way or or said to be haunted or whatever. And they make it into a restaurant. Some of them do tours. Some of them are hotels. Some of them do concerts. Uh, they all, Par three golf course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they all have the beer. And they all have restaurants attached to them. And they're just really cool places.
0: They're unique. Yeah, kind of like the Widmer brothers, the McMinniman brothers, we owe a lot to. I mean, these guys kind of paved the way for everybody. And what McMiniman's did, which I still can't believe hasn't really caught on more than it, more than really at all is like you were saying the venues the venues that they have are absolutely incredible and you just don't see that from anybody it's almost like it's almost like an organ you're like whoa whoa, whoa, sorry mcbinamins does that i'm not trying to step on anyone's toes here um that's probably right because they have
1: like the little passport that you can mm -hmm. do and they they mark off every single one that you've been to They basically
0: corner the market on having sweet venues to go hang out at yeah Absolutely. Multiple bars, you know, like like Edgefield, which is the big one, out in East Portland, you know, kind of on your the way concert out to Mount Yeah, there's a concert venue there, a par three golf course. It's an old poor farm, so there's hotels. There's like seven bars and three restaurants in this place. I've been to one out in,
1: um, I believe it was Forest Grove. It's like a creepy old hotel that they turned into a continuously creepy hotel yeah. with two bars in it. I forget which one that one is. I don't go to many McMinimins. It's not like my thing. I'm not traveling to all of them. Right. That was one that I went to that I thought was pretty
0: cool as well. And they're all over the state of Oregon. And they even had start heading up north in Washington. Yeah. I think the furthest north one is in Olympia. Oh, there might be one in Seattle. But I know I've been to the one in Chehalis. The one in Chehalis is like cute little saloon style
1: yeah it's it's a really cool but it's not just like that too like sometimes they just have one that's in a a strip mall out by me there's a couple that are just like in a strip mall and it's just because they want to continue growing in all the in the areas so it's all over the place when was the last time you had a ruby last time i had a ruby was probably last year okay because we went to the mcminimins
0: down by where we work over here mm -hmm. and i believe i had when we went there Oh right, I like that little spot mm-hmm. on macadam. Yep. I I was wondering because I was quite surprised because it's been a long time since I had a ruby and I had one when I was at that event. I was quite surprised to see the color of it. I forgot that this thing is looks, for lack of better terms, like ruby red grapefruit.
1: I was gonna say it looks pink pouring yep. being poured out. Yep, which makes sense. I suppose, even though it's an amber ale. (laughs) Is it an amber ale? Is that what what its
0: base is supposed to be? That's what I always thought it was. I never knew what this beer was. I was just like, oh, it's ruby.
1: Well, ruby red is what made me think it was an amber or red. It's a raspberry ale is what they call it.
0: Oh, okay. So very different. So maybe just a base ale with a bunch of
1: raspberries in it. And, And let me throw this out there then. That reminds me a bit of the Hef. Mm-hmm. It's a fruit-driven beer that's accessible to everybody that everybody can drink and try. Are we doing a fruit beer
0: episode right now?
1: No, because <laughs> the next three are not fruit beers. That is true. That is true. <laughs> we are starting uh, with the, some fruit beer episode. And maybe we can bring come back to these when we do a fruit beer episode. But, yeah, you're right. The color is way different than I remember it being. Maybe because I was in a really dark moment drinking it and not looking at the color.
0: Yeah, which can easily be done. Wow. It's so... It, it's so fruit-driven. Um, it's pleasant. Um, it's not over the top. I think what's really nice about raspberries is raspberries do have a touch of sweetness to them, but they also got a little tartness to it. By no way would I say this is a sour beer by any way, shape, or form. But there is tartness. But the raspberries give you a nice little tartness that I think bode well with... It's It's almost like the Hef in the sense that it's got this kind of prickly taste in it, yep. that the sweetness and the tartness kind of round the whole thing out, and it's it's pleasant on the palate. This one smells a lot less
1: raspberry than it tastes. Mm-hmm. It smells just kind of... It smells a little bit like raspberries. You get it in there. But when you take that sip, it's like, hello. I might as well be having a granola breakfast with some raspberries and some cream right now.
0: When they first made this beer, I'm curious as to how many raspberries were harmed in the process of this. Because now I'm sure they just use a puree. But, uh, boy, that's a lot of raspberries. This
1: this does not taste like I remember it tasting. Really? Yeah, I I don't know if it's the environment we're in and I'm paying more attention to it instead of just drinking it, but for some reason I don't remember it being quite as fruity. Was this their original beer that they made? In the I goodness? think
0: it's one of their core beers. Yeah, I think Ruby, uh, the Hammerhead, and Terminator Stout. I believe those are their like three yeah base beers that they started with. I mean, as 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 long as I have been around beer, and I don't mean like drinking beer, but like. Going out to places with my parents, like when I was in high school, we would go to McMinnimans all the time because they were cool places to go. And I would see, as far as I know, so as far as 1997, when I moved to this region, Ruby has been available. And that, to me, counts as an OG. So even if it's not one of theirs originals, and you'll have to excuse our ignorance if, if it's not or if it is, we're kind of shooting in the dark here, Uh, this, this beer has always been around.
1: And it is... Each sip is more and more fruity. I'm getting more and more residue of the raspberry.
0: Like it's a lingering continuous growth.
1: It's yes. It's this is a perfect summer beer. It's hot outside. You want some sweetness. You want some freshness, but you also want to drink a little bit. It's a perfect summer beer. Yep. And it. I think we're going to notice a trend here in all five of the ones we have. The classic OG beers. They're all just so dang easy to drink.
0: Yep. I think that's the whole point that no matter the style, the difference in styles that they're all made to be, I don't know. We keep saying, I keep saying this word and I don't mean to sound repetitive, but it's just the best way I can describe it. It's approachable. It's appealing. Um, it's accessible. It's not, um, and this one, not threatening. And I think you were
1: right in the first place. This one hits the palate less hard than the half. Yeah. This would have been, if we were doing the taster tray, if, if we could redo it, I think we would start with this one. Yeah. Because even though this is stronger in the fruit flavor, it comes down a lot easier. Yeah, this one it, it it hits you with the citrus and the and the heavier flavor of a beer, and this one's very smooth minus the raspberry flavor. Yeah, interesting. Uh, that's one. And this this is it's kind of a a bit of a a weird thing for me for having lived here as long as I have. I really haven't done McMinnimans that much. Oh, really? I haven't. I've I've gone over the course of my what is it now, seven years here, I've probably gone to McMinimans like maybe seven to 10 times. And maybe that sounds like a lot to people, but to me with how many they have, it doesn't seem like that much to me. I've never been to Edgefield. Wow. I've never been to the, the, what's the school one? Kennedy, Kennedy school. I've never been to that one. I I've been to this one in an old church in Wilsonville. I went and met some people there once. Yeah. That's a newer one. Uh, I have went to the Barleycorns in Tigard a couple times. Uh, I've been to the one in Forest Grove I was talking about.
0: For and someone who says they haven't been a lot, you sure have been to a lot of them. Well, that's what I'm saying, though,
1: is maybe maybe to some people that sounds like a lot, but for the sheer amount of locations they have, I feel like as someone who likes craft beer and just who has explored the area since I've moved here I yep. probably should have gone a couple more times I would say I've also gone to the one in Hillsboro Cornelius Pass I would say again we meet people there it's like a meeting right. place I haven't gone out of my own well it's an easy will.
0: it's an easy place you can take anybody there you know what I mean like you can take anybody there you know no one's ever going to be offended they they've got wine they've got liquor they've got you know so they got everything you need they have great homemade liquor by the way yeah, their their really, spirit really program good. is really nice. Really good. Um, it, this is probably just because I grew up in this area, but Portland proper, I don't think there's McMinnims I haven't been to at least five times. Right. Um, I live right by the Chapel Pub on Killingsworth, uh, which is which is a super cool spot. Um, and then down the road a little bit further is is the Kennedy School. I've I've I married two of my really good friends at the Kennedy School. Um, I've seen movies there, stayed there um baghdad i mean my parents used that you know that was a friday night we're gonna go see a movie at the baghdad and that's still a classic thing for me to do sometimes because they'll do a sunday night 10:30 showing and i've got no problem catching a movie on a sunday 10 30 by myself and uh, go go to the baghdad and edgefield i've probably seen 20 concerts out there easily and i'm trying to think of some other ones i recently hit a new one in eugene right next to odson stadium um, it was like one in the morning, and of course, I needed one last beer, and uh, so we so we rolled into McMinnemans because it was close. Yeah, I think it's you grow up in this in in this region, especially in 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 Portland or or the greater Portland area, that there's just no way. You know, I've been here for over twenty years, and and there's it, it'd be impossible to have never gone to McMinnimans and lived here for twenty years. Well, let I'm alone sh- fifteen different ones. I'm sure it's possible. Yeah, but. That person doesn't fun. get out very much. Yeah, no. that person's that person's life sucks. I'll just go ahead and
1: say <laughs> it. <laughs> all right, let's move on out of the fruit beer realm that we have been in, and let's move on to the Full Sail Amber.
0: Here we go. Full Sail, uh, located in the gorgeous Hood River, in the Columbia River Gorge. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Was that sa- intentional, I hope? Uh, no, it wasn't at <laughs> all. I'm just smooth like that. Mm. Um, full Sail, probably... One of the first craft breweries I came across, I would say, outside of Widmer, I think. I think Widmer, Full Sail, Georgetown, <laughs> as random as that is, even though I grew up here. You still
1: um, love Georgetown. You still to this day. I still love to this Georgetown. day drink
0: Georgetown. That's the Coog in me. That that's the Wazoo and me. We well, just drank a ton of Georgetown in Pullman.
1: Well, and frankly, I mean, for someone who moved here fairly recently. I still always go back to Deschutes, Mm -hmm. even though now I've learned all these other breweries and there's all these other places that are Are special and great. I was at Deschutes last night for a hot second I still love going back to Deschutes and getting their beer because they make great stuff there
0: I think that's the whole point of this of this episode this podcast that we're doing today is Is to just hey guys don't forget, you know, we touched on this on the first episode if you want to go back and listen to that I mean, I might go back and listen to that I kind of forget some stuff we talked about (laughs) But in that culture history kind of thing these are why we're here. These beers, these breweries are why we're here. And we owe a lot to them. Whether you care for their beer, don't care for their beer, like what they're doing now, miss the old days, hate the old days, love the new days. Uh, we're not here without these guys.
1: So I notice both of us are pouring slightly more and more every beer oh, we go no. on. Oh, no.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we started off with literally like maybe one sixteenth of this glass for the Widmer. And then the Ruby went up to like one twelfth, 12th. And now we're at like one eighth. Yeah. Of the of the amber.
0: I'm just going to pour a little more.
1: <laughs> Here's going to dive in. Oh, well, it's almost half the glass there, buddy.
0: Mm, well, you I do you. have to go work at a brewery later today. Oh, so. no. I know.
1: <laughs> All right. So, Full Sail Amber. This is also one of the first ambers I ever tried when I uh, when I came out here. And I think the first one... I ever tried was Mac and Jacks. Yep, and uh, that was a classic. Obviously, that's an OG, not from Oregon, from Washington, but it's an OG amber beer in the Northwest. But this was the first Oregon amber I ever tried.
0: PSA, real quick: the brewery is. I'm not correcting you. I just want those out there to know this: the brewery is called Mac and Jacks. The beer is African amber. Yes, because Mac and Jacks does make other beers, believe it or not. And I am guilty of that. I call it Mac and Jacks amber. It's all no. That's fine. That's fine. That's like saying Widmer Hef. But it's just like that's like saying, I'll have a Widmer and every Widmer ever made is the Hef.
1: Right. Exactly. It's just not true. Well that's because Mac and Jacks doesn't, as far as I have seen.
0: They don't package.
1: They don't package or give anything but but their amber.
0: I'm I'm one of the few people that have actually had like five different mac and jack's beers yeah because i like gone. Went, no no i haven't been up there but they did like a tap takeover once in pullman and i was uh, like whoa what is that serengeti wheat that doesn't make any sense two-ton ipa that doesn't make any <laughs> sense either but i'll try them <laughs> yeah.
1: actually i have had the serengeti wheat from them too there you go i've had two yeah um so this is interesting because now now we're going from super fruity to being a now super malt based amber ale here now we're in what i like to
0: call beer
1: this is this is beer, much darker color, although much clearer than the first two. Mm-hmm. Both the ruby and the hef were very hazy in color. This one you can see
0: through. It, it looks almost a little darker than what I'm used to seeing with ambers. It could just know, be the that room that we're me? in. Yeah,
1: but yeah, you're right. It, it does look more like a, looks more like a brown ale mm-hmm. in, in the glass that we're in right now than an amber. A scotch ale too, maybe yep. like a light scotch ale.
0: Oh wow, that's smooth.
1: Very easy drinking. Yeah, again, approachable.
0: It's we'll, just like let's open. just hammer in. Approachable. Yeah. Yep, approachable. Um, that's just down the gullet.
1: There's really no no smell to this, no nose to this that's discernible to me. It's yeah, just... I, I,
0: I get. It. I I think I'm just smelling malt. Um, and a very light, caramely kind of touch of malt. I actually don't find this that sweet, which is kind of nice. You know, I think sometimes what steers me away from amber, the style. Is that some of them are just a little too sweet for me?
1: Well, and on, and on the uh, glass it says ridiculously tasty, Oregon's <laughs> original amber is is what they what they say on the yeah. glass. Um, right, it's very smooth. It's not very sweet. It has a little sweetness at the end of it. The back end of the taste is it's kind of got that, for lack of a better term. Don't take it this as negative. It's the clawing sweetness. Mm. And it's just it like sticks yep. on your tongue, kind
0: of hold, kind of holds on. It leaves it leaves an everlasting flavor. Yep, um, this beer is a great representative of my palate. Um, I really love the way this beer finishes. It just finishes really clean, really smooth, um, and that's my favorite part of my palate is the finish, is the back end. Um, that's probably why I like IPA so much because a well crafted IPA is going to uh, have a very nice lingering effect.
1: Have any of these three that we've done so far been different? Then you remembered it when you first drank it? Like, do you think they've tweaked the recipes at all? Or are these-
0: I'm sure. I'm sure they've been tweaked here and there, especially, I mean, I'll bet you, again, I don't mean to throw shade in anybody, but I guarantee you this Widmer Heff, uh, since they have been CBA, uh, has probably found ways to make it cheaper. Um, I would argue with that. Um, that's just kind of what big beer does to beer. Um, so I imagine that outside, I mean, I... I would like to think the ruby and and the amber have both been tweaked here and there, but I'll bet you the core recipe is pretty damn similar. Because
1: it's changing flavors uh, and palates. Because we've talked about this before. I can't remember what episode it was, but it might have been the West Coast IPA episode. It might have been a different one. People's palates are changing, Mm -hmm. and that is leading to people changing their recipes because they follow the people. The people demand the change by what they're drinking. Correct. They force the change by what they're drinking. So, but you have a ruby raspberry ale, and you have a full-sale amber, which are styles that are not very common anymore, Mm -mm. and you still have them, and they still sell well, and they're still the classic go-tos, they're still the OGs. You have to keep that integrity there, too. So, to me, I feel like the tweaks can't be that massive.
0: I think so, too. I mean, I I think when you have a beer that is... As established as some of these, you have such diehard, faithful supporters of that beer that if you tweak it too much, they're going to run away. I've seen it with beers. I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. Ooh, ooh. Early Total Domination was awesome. It was during the, uh, it was during, oh, I should have grabbed a Total Dom. Uh, That's an by yeah, the way. It was uh it was during the uh the IBU wars, the space race, as Conrad, as our friend Conrad likes to call it, of how bitter can you make this IPA? And they accomplished that, and I really, really enjoyed it. And then these days, because production has scaled up so much, I find it a little more maltier than it used to be. You should have and,
1: told me I have some in the fridge right now, and, actually.
0: And that kind of turned me off from it. So I think it's it you have to be careful. Whether you're making coors light, like people drink coors light over Bud Light for a reason. And if you tweak that Coors Light too much because it's brewed brewed cold, Patrick. (laughs) If you you tweak that Coors Light too much, you might lose that Coors Light drink. Also canned cold. And they might go to Bud Light instead. I hate you.
1: (laughs) Cold. Um, The one flavor, this is going to sound maybe idiotic, so bear with me. It's not a flavor. It was a sense. It it felt more bubbly on my palate, this beer. It felt like, I know that it's carbonated. Of course, there's bubbles in beer, Mike, you idiot. But... It felt when it was sitting on my tongue more like it was just resonating there. I don't know what that was. It's something in this beer that I have not gotten with the first two. It's just it just kind of sat there in kind of a bubbly mat. It was like frothing well, that sound I, I know that's I know it sounds stupid, but it that's just the what I was getting in the middle there.
0: I don't think it sounds stupid. I think this is the first beer of the five that were that were revisiting that, okay, this might sound stupid. This is the first beer we're revisiting. Of these five that tastes like craft beer does that make sense and i think it's because the other two are so fruit and citrus driven that it's almost like they kind of have a way of masking that this is craft beer to where this you can't get away from the fact that this is craft beer i can put a ruby or a widmer heff in a coors light drinker's hand and they'll be like oh that's not bad that the amber gonna be a tougher sell Gonna be a way tougher sell.
1: Although I think you might have some tough time with the ruby because it's so
0: raspberry. Yeah, but I mean, I I would it's argue easy. I would argue argue that they might go to the ruby before they go to the amber. They might, yeah, because amber might. is beer. Yes, craft beer. Indeed. Craft beer.
1: Uh, any other thoughts on this one? I the one thing that's interesting to me about Full Sail is, and I've been to their place a couple times now in, in Hood River, and obviously they they package all over the place in Oregon. Is I haven't seen them. In the bottling area, put too many experimental beers that I've found. It seems like it's a lot of their core. When I went to full sale, they have a ton of really crazy interesting beers, mm-hmm. some really good ones too. I, I had a great dark beer there the other time I went, like a super delicious bourbon barrel aged stout that was like out of this world good. i was I was shocked at how good it was. But the, I don't see a lot of on tap or in bottles in Portland, I, I, at least. Uh, Full sales other than their
0: their common go-to's. Well, I think this could be this could be a a fun topic to discuss in a future podcast when it comes to just packaging Um, I think you have to be careful not to Put too many options from one brewery on the shelf because things will get lost in the shuffle and um, I think also when you're a destination like Hood River it it might be a little scary to try to send some of that small batch small batch stuff into town like give people a reason to drive out to Hood River. Right. And that might be the reason. You know, oh I can get, you know, full sale also makes all those session beers. Um so keep that in mind as right, well. The so brand that, session. The brand session. Yeah. So they so they do have that diversity as well. Um but yeah, I think with the three or four different sessions they make and then they've got uh, like a, a logger, an IPA, the Amber, wassail, and they do wreck the halls during the holidays, and I'm sure there's something else I'm forgetting. I don't
1: see wassail bottled that much either, though. Oh, really? I see yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. I,
0: I like that one. It's just it's I, I have not found that too often. I see it around. That I think you know that's that's our core brand of packaging. And uh, if you want any small batch stuff, you got to come to us.
1: That's interesting, and that could be a whole other episode. I agree, and I'll 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 write that down. But because uh, because to me, as someone who consumes beer at home a lot and buys it at a supermarket or buys it at a New Seasons or whatever. I would adore if I could get some more small batch stuff.
0: Well, that's... Everyone would. All small batch stuff. Right, but that, that's... That's an, why everyone should have a crawler machine.
1: That's an interesting conversation. So we can save that
0: for sure. But that, that's, a, a, that's an interesting thought that you just threw in my head there. Yeah. And so <laughs> we'll move on into what I think is probably one of the craziest accomplishments any brewery has done in this town, and that is convince people... To buy this IPA that is nowhere anything near an IPA, and that is Rogue's Dead Guy.
1: But they don't even sell it as an IPA,
0: right? It's no, just but Dead Guy Ale. It's just Dead Guy Ale, but somehow in their marketing, in the way they launched this beer, it like stuck on us IPA drinkers. It was like, hey, you want an IPA? And I'm like, yeah, uh, I'll have a dead guy. <laughs> and it's like it's clearly not an ipa but somehow they market and maybe it wasn't just ipa people they marketed it so well to do you like craft beer this is the craft beer It'll pay no attention to the fact that it's a box you know i'm, I'm blah, blah, blah. don't worry about that <laughs> because yeah. you're like what's a my, it's nothing it's a dead guy here have a dead guy yeah ipa yeah. hops
1: <laughs> um the i think the craziest thing and Rogue was one of the first breweries I went to as well. There, they had when I when I first lived downtown, they had a secondary location that was near PSU, Portland State University. Oh like yeah, a, I know like the a, spot. a little small bar that was right near where we lived. It's like a campus bar almost. It is, yeah. And that was one of the first places we went after the shoots. So the my first experience there is I tried this one because this was their their main go to. But I also was talking to the, to the waiter, the server, and they said, oh, just order a Snickers. And a Snickers Uh-oh. was the hazelnut mixed with the chocolate porter and the hazelnut brown mixed with the chocolate porter. And it was delicious. And now they bottle it Oh, as they? hazelnutly delicious. They, they made it its own beer and they mix it itself. It is so good. And it, I don't drink a lot of Rogue anymore. So when I still see that on the shelf, I'm like, yup, getting this one. Because it also reminds me of when I first moved here, like when yeah. I first was spending time with my now wife and we would go to Rogue and I got this thing called the Snickers and they were like, oh, you're an insider.
0: You know, I felt really cool about it. That's that's how it was back in the day with McMinimins. You know, if you rolled in and ordered a Rubinator or a Tomahawk. You know, they're not on the menu. Tomahawk is now on the menu, though, isn't Oh, it? is it?
1: I think I've seen it, yeah. Oh,
0: cool. Good for them. Uh, but yeah, it, that, that's kind of, that's an old school testament. If you know the Snickers or if you know the Rubinator, that means uh, you've been around for a little bit or you're in the know. That was a very nice server to tell you the secret.
1: The other thing, too. It's like
0: animal style. You got to figure it out on your own. Exactly. How many times do you eat in and out Burger before you realize there's a hidden menu? Well, Sometimes you got to learn on your own.
1: I think everybody now knows
0: there's a hidden menu because well, yeah, But I mean, like when I was six, I didn't know. Then sure. I was eight, and I was like, Dad, what's that on yours? And he was like, I don't know. You'll have to ask next time. <laughs> and I was like, but we don't live in California. He was like, better not forget. That sucks to suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing, too,
1: and this is because I, I grew up in, in the East Coast. Rogue is the largest Oregon brewery that has spread across the country, I think. Or really? at least the most known that has spread across the entire country. Really? More yes. so than Widmer or Deschutes? Yes. Wow. Um, m- my... My parents, now in New Jersey, it's a little bit tougher. It has very weird liquor and beer laws. Oh, yeah, you can't buy beer
0: on Sundays. That's not true. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I just thought it was like backwoods stuff. I don't know.
1: No, although in the county I grew up on, all stores were closed on Sundays. It was called the Blue Laws. But I digress. Um, Sunday's my drinking day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you could drink plenty at home. You're just not going to the stores. Restaurants were open, though. Um, They would go to Total Wines Mm -hmm. and they would look, because they have a ton of beer selection there. Right. They could only find two Oregon beers, and one of them was Rogue, and the other's Whitmer for sure. Yeah, uh, they have to go to Pennsylvania Desch- or to Pennsylvania to get. Deschutes. Oh, I remember. Yeah, your mom would drive to Pennsylvania to find Black Butte because my old dad man. loves Black Butte. Yeah. yeah, and Rogue is everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere. No, I don't think people know it's an Oregon beer either. I think they just know Rogue is a, is a brewery. Yeah, and to that you, you're talking about their marketing of this being an IPA. They must have genius marketing team in general. Yep. All across the board, because they have spread across the country. People know what Rogue is, but Rogue started as a small brewery on the Oregon coast. Yeah. And now it's gigantic. Yeah. That's that's a testament to them.
0: Have you ever been out to their place in Newport? I have not. Um, I think one thing that's, yeah, so I mean, I'm, you know, raised in this area and been here for a long time and I'm born and raised in the Northwest. Rogue has always been a staple. Uh, what Rogue does, Rogue is doing some really cool things these days. Um, Rogue is Rogue has a series of IPAs that they make that uh, is I believe it's called Farm to Fresh, Farm to Fresh I think is what it's called, and uh, it's using all ingredients that they have grown on their land, including all the hops, the malts. I think that is something so cool. They have that people, not many that n- I don't know anybody else in this country doing that. And
1: they don't they don't just do beer farming either like they have cheese they've got mm-hmm. rome farm. they've
0: got rogue farm like blue cheese welcome to our second brewery that makes liquor yeah you yeah. know they do a ton of spirits and i've had some i've had some really great gin that these guys make and i know if not everybody's a big gin fan but i'm a big gin fan i hate gin yeah um <laughs> and and i think it, i think that's a really cool aspect that rogue kind of took that on and decided hey why don't we just do this ourselves and i think that's really rad i think it's cool
1: i'm curious and the, this is a totally different conversation than the beer. Is there a sense I kind of get this and I want to see if you if you agree that people don't want to go to rogue because it's so OG. They're like, ah, it's been around forever. Why do I go to Rogue? Well yeah,
0: I think I think every I think every brewery that's sitting on this table right now suffers from that. And I think <clears throat> not to not to harp on, you know, the kids these days, but I mean that's just the trend in society right now, is everybody wants instant stimulation, instant gratification, and you know, I think a lot of these places still survive and do really well because of tourism. And I think those people coming to town, it's like, like your dad. You know, I've been my my wife's been driving to Pennsylvania to get this beer, and I'm in Portland. And gosh darn it, there's no one stopping me. I'm going to the shoots. You know, I still think they have that going for them. Not to mention those guys down there make. Great beer and have great food and great atmosphere. Hi Dad, I know you don't sound like that. (laughs) Um but I I think I think there's an aspect for all of these breweries on the table, you know. It's like it's like if you say to me, Hey, do you wanna go to the McMinniman's down the road? And I'm like, Why? The new barrelick is just down the street. You know, it's I think people want that. You know, do you want to go you want to go to Deschutes downtown? And it's like, no, I'd rather go to Von Ebert. You know, it's things like that. I think everybody is constantly looking for what's new, what's trendy. Give me something different, give me something innovative. Um You but, could
1: just go to all of them
0: in the span of five days, you know. Yeah, that is true. But at the same time, all of these places are still open. Yep. And all of these places are still doing very, very well for themselves. So I think
1: and at least four of these on the table, I'm going to discount McMinimins, are all being sold across the country. Yes. Full sale is everywhere. Deschutes is most places. Rogue is everywhere. Woodmers everywhere.
0: Yep. All these beers are everywhere. You can only buy uh, McMiniman's product at McMinimins. Um, You can't even buy kegs from them. Like, you will never see McMinimins beer on tap at another bar. Right. Sarah, who owns Cerveza, if you haven't heard the podcast with Sarah, go back and listen to that one. That's one of the best ones we've done. Um, she basically called up McMinniman's and was kind of like, hey, what do I got to do to get a keg of ruby for this event? And they were like, ah, sorry, we don't distribute. And she was like, well, this is the event I'm doing. How do I get this keg? And they were just like, really? You, you, you want us to be a part of this? And she was like, heck yeah, why wouldn't I? And the guy walked in with the keg and he was like, I've, ne- I don't know how this works. I've never delivered a keg anywhere, but one of <laughs> our pubs, what, what what do I do with this? <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, you're right. Everything here you can find across the country, except for McMimmons. This one is an
1: interesting beer to me. I like this beer a lot that I feel like this style is kind of nearing my style of beer, darker beer, a little mm-hmm. bit more flavorful. It's tough for me to kind of Distinguish flavors and smells on this one, though. Maybe I'll rely on you. I'll lean on you for this one. Because to me, it's just so dang unique mm-hmm. of a smell and a taste. I don't know what to compare it to. I don't know what flavor to compare it to. I don't know what other beers are like this that I've had. It, It's a dead guy. I know I'm drinking a dead guy. And that's. I think that's what makes this. I mean, you all of these, you know what you're drinking. right? But this one in particular, for me, I know I'm drinking a dead guy.
0: I agree. I, I couldn't agree more. This is such a distinct beer. Um, and maybe that's why it's been so successful is because it is its own beer. I mean it's not even really a traditional Mybach, but it's it's it it's based on that style and it's created its own thing. I get I get I get fruitiness out of it, but I get this this bittering aspect as well. You know, I get some caramel uh sweetness but then like the fruit adds a little of its own fruit bitterness and then the hops come in on the back end and smooth it all out it's well and
1: if i can borrow a term from last week that you introduced to me there's a little bit of a breadiness at the end too yeah
0: definitely definitely and that's that's your european style coming through um that's that's probably a a little yeast driven from that as well and some of your malt driven and i mean controversial statement I remember, you know, not to harp on the, my drunken night of, of throwback Thursday, but when Badger and I got done, um, we we didn't count Sierra Nevada pale ale because we felt we were biased because, you know, we've all <laughs> been drinking that forever. And welcome to the 14th episode where we've mentioned Sierra Nevada's pale ale. 14 um, times, yeah. <laughs> uh, We We didn't count that. We looked at the table and after we tried every single beer, and I will say it again as I'm tasting all these beers, this is the best beer on the table. So far, yeah. I don't think so far. I think this is the best beer on the well,
1: table. remember. I understand. I have a very, very large bias towards Old Reliable down at the end here. Right? I, we haven't I, tried I yet.
0: understand that, but... This is great. But my, and I
1: know I, it, it kind of makes me want to buy Dead Guy again, because mm-hmm. every time I see it on the shelf, I'm like, yeah, but what else? What just got released? And like, again, supermarket. So su- Suburban Mike over here going to Albertsons, and I'm saying, what am I going to try? And I go see that, oh... Slayer is out from Ninkasi. It just came out. I got to get Slayer. I see Dead Guy, eh, Slayer yeah. is out, you know, or something else is out by another brewery that I, that I haven't seen before, or Deschutes just put out their hop zit, and I'm like, oh, got to get a hop zit. Dead Guy, eh, next time. I've never purchased a six-pack of Dead Guy, and this is making me remember, go purchase a six-pack, you idiot.
0: Oh, man, dude, I used to get growler fills of Dead Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go down there and get growler fills. Well, they used to, I don't know if they still do this, it's been a long time since I've been at Rogue, but... uh used to be able, you were part of the, uh, join the revolution. You were part of the Rogue rogue Member Club or rogue something Nation like that. Rogue something. Nation, yeah. And uh, you go in on your birthday and you get a free pint and uh, like a free piece of swag. And I'll never forget, I went in, I think it was my 22nd birthday. And I went in with my mom and I got this hat and I got a free beer and I, damn right I ordered a dead guy. <laughs> <laughs> bartender walked up and she was like, what can I get you? And I was like, it's my birthday, I want a dead guy. She was like, I'm I'm well too. Thanks for asking. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it, it's a funny thing. Badger and I were were sitting there around the table, and we got to the end, and we just looked at it, and you know, it's all these beers plus uh, LCD from Lompoc, Kawanda Cream Ale from Pelican, which is a great beer. I almost grabbed that as well, but I thought five was enough. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, what else? Bridgeport IPA was on there and sierra nevada and i think there was something else that i'm just not remembering but we looked and we were not shocked not surprised but it was it was a pretty cool revelation that we both were kind of like what's the best beer on this table and we were leaning ruby to be honest And i don't know if that was just the booze talking and the and the sweet easy drinking of Mm. it you know but uh but we were it was like okay you ready what's your favorite one one Two, three. Dead guy, dead guy. And it was like, oh, wow. We were both surprised how much we really, really enjoyed this beer.
1: And you, I think it's because we don't drink it a whole lot. Well, yeah. And I was going to say, if any of you guys listening out there are are like us and, and tend to skip the old Reliables here, the OGs, try yourself a dead guy again. Yeah. This is better than I remember it being. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a great beer. Yeah. It is. It, it's a fantastic beer. It is. And, and I it, think it gets a bad rap because people don't go to Rogue like they should because they want to try the new things. Yeah. Absolutely. Alright. Finish that. Oh yeah, that's right. We got one more left. I'm pouring too much beer. I know you are. You keep growing your glasses over there. You're gonna you're gonna wind up pouring the entire bottle into your glass for this last one. No, I'm not. So this for me is my go-to. I will pour the most out of this one because I love this beer. Um, it's the Deschutes Blackview Porter. It is their staple beer. Their flagship beer is the correct term. And it is one of the only breweries here in the state that I have gone to that their flagship is a dark beer. Mm-hmm. Usually the flagship is a light beer. Usually. It gets people in the door more. Deschutes' is flagship is the Blackview Porter, and it always has been. And
0: There's a little Maripawn love in there, but you're right. It's, right, but it's this, Blackview Porter.
1: This is the flagship. It's the beer. Everyone has a core group. Yeah, yeah. But the ones we've pulled here
0: are the flagship beers for all these places. Oh. Right. I mean Whitmer have for sure, Dead Guy for sure, Black Beauty for sure. Is the Amber? Would you I, yeah, I you would say so? so. Yeah. Okay. Um and then I maybe maybe not with Ruby, but Yeah, I think Ruby's tough just because they only recently started packaging. Because you could argue you could argue Hammerhead. Yeah. The Hammerhead Pale Ale. But yeah, yeah. This is one hundred percent this when I think of Deschutes, I mean I tend to lean towards Mirror Pond as a drinker. Excuse me, too much beer. But uh that's a lie. Never too much beer. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I would, Never I would, enough. I would drink a mirror Palm before I drank a Black Butte Porter. But that's because that's my palate. But you are spot on, Mike. This is Deschutes, Deschutes as I like to call them,
1: or Deschutes as Deschutes. we've also called them. Um, when you smell this, you instantly get kind of the roasted, roasty notes. It's like oh, a yeah. sh- coffee, chocolatey, roasty oh, smell yeah. right away. And what's funny about this, and I've been drinking. Blackview Porter every year since I've been here, start to finish, constantly. I do think Blackview Porter has changed slightly from when I first tried
0: it. Oh, really? I don't drink it enough to know, so you would know that before I do. It... it... Approachable!
1: <laughs> it is way more approachable than it used to be to, I think, the average beer drinker because you're right. If you're going, in, going in and you're leaning towards a pond because you like pale ales and you don't like dark beers as much, this is going to be really strong, flavorful beer. Mm-hmm. This bottle here and and what I'm trying right now, this is it, it almost again if if this sounds stupid apologies, It almost feels lagery. It's it's a dark beer with roasty notes, but the it's so smooth and it doesn't leave like the sticky chocolatey taste that you get in some stouts which I love but some people don't. It it,
0: it it's almost lagery in in its base. I think that's the miracle of the porter. Is the porter is an ale. Basically trying to be a lager, you know, it's like but I want to be a real boy,
1: but some porters are very Strong flavored in peanut butter or chocolate, right? But and I, this one is so even bodied.
0: Well, I guess I guess what I'm attesting to I mean, you drink a lot more porters than I do I mean, I rarely if ever drink porters. I'd lean more towards the stout before I did a porter um, But I think porters are notoriously known for having that lighter body Which is what you're thinking about in the lager. I'm not talking flavor profile. I just mean Smooth and light and easy drinking like a lager would be right? is going to be where, where a porter is. And I think that's why this beer has been so successful is because it is a lighter-bodied beer with very robust flavors. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Like, you can have a ton of flavors without being super heavy. And we've talked about this before when we did, you know— when we were talking about in previous podcasts about, you know, introducing people to craft beer, what was that? Was that like our third or fourth episode, something like that? I think that like was that? episode four. Episode four was yes. one of the early ones. Man, I should really go back and listen to some of these.
1: Because I think we did culture, West Coast IPA, Stormbreaker, introducing beer man doesn't that feel like forever ago
0: yes yeah cool it's only episode 14 yeah that is rad um (laughs) but i think but but because this body because this beer has a lighter body but still has complex flavors we talked about this how many people when they get into beer they go one of two ways they go widmer hefeweizen or they go black butte porter yeah and it's so wild because they're so different and then us idiots are in the middle there just like, give me hops and hot sauce and just wreck my palate as hard as you can, <laughs> you know, um,
1: to where. Hell, you did that yesterday. Burn my palate with habaneros. Give them to me. <laughs> I know.
0: It didn't really do the trick either. Oh. I like it in sauce form. No. Like, who just wants to eat raw habaneros well, Then why would you lie to her? Or uh, She habaneros. was like, was that good for you? You were like, absolutely. Because I work in this biz. I'm not a jerk to servers. <laughs> you jerk. I'm kidding. I would have done the same thing. Plus, I'm trying to impress the boss man. Mm-hmm. Duh. Duh. Um because he was listening. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> and uh I think that that's what that's why the porter that's why this dark beer can be so accessible to those people. Because it's not thick, it's not heavy. You're not just like, Oh god, I drank two Blackview porters and you're gonna have to wheel me out in a wheelbarrow. And it's like, no, no, no. It it it's not overfilling, but it has a complexity of flavors to it. There's I mean, you know how many women I know drink Black Butte Porter? It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's astonishing how much this beer appeals to that side that demographic of introductory craft beer drinkers.
1: To me, this is a this is the most complex beer that we've had along this table so far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um there there, oh, are, yeah. there are so many flavors that hit your palate right as it starts that it's sweet. It's caramely. It's easy to go down. It's nutty. It, it's roasty. It's nutty. It's a little chocolatey. It, it's and it's all at once. It's not because some beers that we've had on beer of the week have been like, oh, I taste this now. Mm-hmm. And I taste this now. Oh, and there's that. This is just like this is really good. And then at the end you're like, oh, well, there's some sweetness. It almost all like kind of goes down smooth and then
0: hits your palate and the back end with all the flavors. Yeah. It's a great beer. All of these are great beers. I'm very, very happy we did this.
1: Me too. I, I, when, I when I mentioned it as an idea, I was like, I know we kind of did this a little bit. This is way better than I thought it was going to be too.
0: Well, yeah, because I was like, I'll just go grab five OG beers and we'll just drink and talk about them the whole time. Of course, that was a good idea. <laughs> well, I know, but I,
1: even even when you said that, who's I was like, who's the man, who's the man, who's the man, you, are. The man?
0: you are, but
1: um, <laughs> the, even when we put these down the table, I was like, yeah, I, I like all these beers. How's this going to go? Way better than I thought.
0: I know. I, um, Sarah, if you're listening to this, I know I've told you this in person. Please do that event again, and you will get, um, of the 400 consistent subscribers or however many people we got listening to this stupid little podcast, we'll all be there. And hell, we'll do a podcast live from your place if you do this again next year. Yeah,
1: if you're listening, I will come and drink an entire pint of each. It is so... And need to be carried on top of my car home by my wife, but I'll be
0: okay. It is so fun to just forget all the BS, step away from your biases, get out of your comfort zone, and get back to the basics. Because like we've said time and time again on this on this podcast, there is a reason these beers are still here. If you would have told me when I was younger that I could get this cool, sexy, black matte can of dead guy, I would have called you a liar. And they're like, hey, these, these 22s aren't doing it for us anymore. Let's go to 12-ounce cans. And it's like, whoa, game changer here. Yeah. And it's still doing well. And there's a reason these breweries are still in business.
1: Well, here's your OG beers right there. As a reminder, Widmer Heff, Ruby Red from McMinniman's, Full Sail Amber, the Dead Guy from Rogue, and Blackview Porter from Deschutes. Delicious. Remind yourself why they're the OG beers, because I know you're ignoring them. I know you are. And there's a couple more out there, too. I see But you. we chose these. I can see you not not drinking these beers. Do Ditto. it. Do it. All right, remember, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. We really, really appreciate it on radio.com and iTunes and on Google Play. And to let us know on social media what your OG beers were, what ones we may have missed that you're kind of upset about, or what you like of the five that we tried today. At Lynch 27 on Twitter. For me, Patrick's at PD085 on Instagram. Coming up next, it's our beer of the week. More beer to drink, but it's not these five, trust me. Uh, that's next here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Just got done sampling the OG beers and feeling it already. I barely had anything to eat today, so even just sipping all five of those beers, I'm like, Hi! It's a work day. Who cares? Thank
0: God Beer of the Week is a style that is near and dear to my heart, because I'll tell you what, this palate needs some hops. (laughs) And it is hoppy. These malts are killing me right now. So...
1: That's interesting, too. Yeah, you're yeah. right.
0: That's why I didn't get the Bridgeport IPA. I was going to grab Bridgeport IPA, but I was like, oh, Beer of the Week's an IPA.
1: Three straight uh, malt-driven beers at the end there. The Beer of the Week this week is our second from this brewery. It is the Ex Novo Bang on the Drum IPA, which you are saying is made specifically... For our good friends at Cerveza.
0: Yep, yep. yep. I guess we're just a free commercial for Cerveza on this podcast, but uh, I came across this because my buddy Todd, who works up there, um, told me that this IPA is very much up my alley. Um, Cerveza just celebrated their 10th anniversary, and so they did a bunch of collabs with uh, different breweries of all different types of styles that basically filled in. Filled in the tap lines for them. They threw a big party last Saturday. I unfortunately couldn't go because I was in Pullman, but go Cougs. Um, but this is a beer that uh, I believe some of the employees went to Ex Novo and helped brew with them. Um, and they call it Bang on the Drum because I guess it's a song. It's a, a Todd Rundgren song that they play during Packer games at some point. I don't want to work. I just want to bang on the drum all day. Oh, yeah. Something okay. like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And so they named it that. Is this only available at Ceravesa? No, I've seen it all over town. Yeah. That's even cooler. That's the coolest part about it. I think this is the only beer that was made for uh, their party that uh, is all over town. Because I've seen a lot of these beers that are um, specifically made
1: for a certain place or, or whatever, and you only find it at that place.
0: Yeah, at that place or the brewery that made it. No, no. I was I stopped at the McMinimans Bottle Shop on 23rd to pick up that can of Ruby, and uh, I saw it there. And uh where else was I? I was at Bridgetown Beer House last night for a hot second and uh, I saw someone walk out, saw my buddy Colin walk out with a four a four pack as well. Um it's an IPA, uh Citra hop. Um 6.2. Uh yeah. It doesn't It's, get- it's an orange can with, you know, the the deer and the star. Uh it's it's very much an homage to to the kids over at Vesa. It doesn't have an explanation of the flavors of the beer. It smells like an Ex Novo beer. Isn't that weird to say?
1: Well, we've, we've said it now with multiple breweries. Yeah. It's, it tastes like a double mountain beer. We did that in the in the Hood River one. I One thing I do like, and, I, and I'm sad when they don't do it, is I like when they give you a little descriptor of the flavors. Yeah, me too. Because as someone who's still learning his palate, it's like, give me a little help because I'm still looking to find out what these flavors
0: are. Yeah, I agree. Um but it's also sometimes fun to try to test yourself, push yourself on that. Oh no, for sure. I I,
1: I just appreciate when they put it on there because sometimes I don't taste the flavors they put on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, especially you guys at Breakside. Some of the flavors you put on your menu, I'm like, what?
0: Yeah, but you I know, I don't know
1: what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but you
0: know, I, I I think that's valid. I think that's totally fine. And 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 Ben's Ben's palate is one of the you know most complex, eccentric, advanced palates of anyone I've ever met. Um, so he's gonna pick up stuff that you know. That people who whose other palates that I respect massively might not, um, but what I always say, and this is what I say to our staff, and what I try to explain to any any guest that comes in, and, and I've said this to you, and I'll say this to you guys listening as well, you have to remember that like tasting notes are just the brewer's perception of this beer, but we also have to remember whether whether your you know Ben's Ben Edmonds' palate or your Mike Lynch's palate, neither of you are wrong. Because it, it's your own palate. So that's why I think it's it's fun sometimes to not get that description. Because it kind of pushes you to create your own ideas on what you're tasting. Like, so, I get some grassy bitterness from this.
1: Do you taste it already, or just from the smell? I did taste okay, it. Okay, okay.
0: Uh, Sorry, I'm way ahead of you. I, well, just, no, I, I, just, tasted, needed, I just needed hops. I, I needed tasted, them real desperately. I tasted
1: it, too. I just didn't see you taste it. Um, now, is this a West Coast-style IPA? Yep. Okay,
0: good. Very much so.
1: In my head, I went, this... I was thinking back to our episode, too. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of the West Coast style IPA.
0: Yep. Think of the bitterness, the hop forward flavor. Well,
1: and the thing with this one is that I've only taken one sip. The thing of this one is the bitterness is sticking with me at yep. the back end. And, and a lot of IPAs, they don't do that at the back end. You get it right in the beginning. It punch, Like I always say, the hop punch. It punches you in the face. And then it kind of smooths out. So you go back for the other one, the other sip. This one is just like, hi, I'm a bitter IPA. Woo! I'm gonna stay in your tongue and your palate. Hey, taste the hops, hops. Well, so I, uh, it's a West Coast IPA for
0: sure. I hadn't had this beer yet. Um, I bought a four pack the other night because my buddy told me that I would love it, and I was like, "Ooh, beer of the week! I'll save it and I'll taste it when when we when we do it live." And uh, I think this is really awesome that we're doing this beer uh, for the OG episode because this. <laughs> kind of reminds me of some OG IPAs in the sense that it's bitter but it's, it's also really the exact bitter.
1: opposite of an OG cuz it's made specifically for one place this I year know. only I know right which is very
0: much modern day times but uh uh but in terms of flavor it, it it's very bitter it's very hoppy and that is what IPAs I would say of the early to mid 2000s were like cuz you you just said it a minute ago they're starting to get away from that it's it's becoming a a, a smoother body you know less lingering bitterness more citrus kick to it or more piney kick to it this is earthy this is grassy and what's funny is it's made with citrus hops and i do get some of that but i'm getting bitterness and gosh darn it i love it
1: i'm not getting a lot of citrus in this and you're right grassy yes Mm -hmm. um and the reason I know it's an Ex Novo beer, and I, I am not one who has had a lot of Ex Novo, so that's a place that I'd like. Maybe we can do it on the podcast one day. Um, I just want to go more often and, and try some of their stuff. I've only been to Ex Novo once. Mm. Um, Great so, spot. I love that place. But the the thing I'm no- noticing about this, and maybe it's just because of the two beers we've had as Beer of the Week, we had their Fresh Hop Elliot that was made with uh, Centennial, Centennial, yeah, and it was very earthy and grassy but way more so because of the fresh hop. This is reminding me of that one. And maybe that's an Ex Novo thing. Maybe it's just the style of these two beers specifically. But it's very grassy. It's very bitter. Um, If you do not like hops, probably won't love this beer that much.
0: (laughs) But the can is awesome. The can is really cool. I mean, it's orange, Mike. What's our favorite color? Orange. Go Syracuse. Go Fanta. (laughs) Not really. You want a, you want a, you want to sidetrack rabbit hole real quick? Go about oran- Fanta.
1: Go Orange Crush.
0: I heard I heard a crazy story about Fanta. No, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. It's a bad idea. Okay, never mind. Orange Crush. Bet orange crush. Fanta. What? You're you're crazy. I love Orange. But crush. Fanta makes purple and red too. I'm just talking about the orange flavor, the orange right. soda flavor. All right, all come right. Right. on. What about High C? Nah, too watery. Yeah. Not enough carbonation.
1: Yeah. It's also more like orange juice than orange soda,
0: like a hazy IPA. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> Sunny D. Um... um
1: also hate Sunny D by the way. Uh,
0: what's funny is is I drink a lot of Ex Novo beer. Um Elliot is one of my go just the regular Elliot is one of my go-to beers that it, if you came into my house and opened my fridge do not be shocked if you see an Elliot IPA in there. Um, however, Elliot does not taste like this at all. I do not get that that grassy earthy that we're getting from this this lingering bitterness.
1: But I'm just talking about the fresh hop. Version. Oh, I know.
0: But you were say you were saying, you know, you don't drink a ton of X Novo. I'm saying that this does. I'm with you. Kind of reminds me of those fresh hop beers that they made. Uh, but it's it's very different than mm. their other IPAs that okay. they make. So
1: it's not an Ex Novo style. It's just these two beers happen to be similar notes. Right,
0: but the funny thing is, is I smelled it, and I was like, this is clearly an Ex Novo beer.
1: <laughs> is there Are there other breweries out there that are like that? Because we've said Double Mountain is like that. I think Backwoods is like that. Okay. A lot of Backwoods beers have a similar smell and taste to them in terms of maybe the yeast they use or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again... Not a negative. Not, not not like every beer you taste is the same, but there's something in it where you're like, ah. Yeah, a house flavor. Yeah, it's a backwards beer. So I think Double Mountain and Backwoods are two that I've had that I'm like, yep, I know, I know what beer I'm drinking.
0: Um, I mean, I'm with you on the Double Mountain for sure. Um, I mean, I guess I have to be on the ex Novo train now. Um, I feel that way with Brakeside, but that's just probably because of saturation. Um But I don't I don't have many breweries that I can instantly off the bat say. Yep, that's made by them. Double Mountain for sure is one of them, and they might be really my only one. Yeah. Um well, I'm trying to think. i try the new Backwoods
1: Spot in the Pearl if you haven't yet. Yeah, I haven't. And you'll see if you find that in the beer flavors they have. There. There's something in the beer that makes me think it's a Backwoods
0: beer. The files are in the computer?
1: Yeah, the calls from in the house. Oh, wow. That's wild. <laughs> Two movie references in one. Wow. I was trying not to. Sorry, man. I was trying not to.
0: It's going to happen. It's like my thing now.
1: Uh, 14 Keanu Reeve references and 14 uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale references. Yeah, which
0: one will die first? That's going to be the curious one. Uh, Neither.
1: (laughs) (laughs) As long as you're here, neither are going to die. What Uh, if I
0: die? Whoa. Don't say that. I suppose that's true. That's sad. Yeah, I don't want to die. Any other? I, uh, got, I got so much stuff to do tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, while you plays Stanford this weekend.
1: Yeah. How about like the rest of your life, not just tomorrow? Oh, that's a good point. You're going to go one day at a time. Thanks, football coach. Yeah. It's going to take a one. It's one day at a one time. One day at a time. <laughs> yeah. How not sure live, on the injury yet. How do you live life? One day at a time, man. One day at a time. Yeah. What are you doing this Saturday? I don't know. Today's Wednesday.
0: Yeah. Again, one day at a time. Yeah. I haven't even thought about Thursday yet.
1: No. So anything else on this beer? It's pretty straightforward I think. It's I
0: I think so too. It's
1: it, grassy, it's bitter, it's hoppy. It's this you're right. It harkens back to the old school west west coast IPA where they're not trying to be Approachable. If we're going to go ahead and, and say... Yeah,
0: I would say this is not an approachable IPA. This is an IPA for old-school IPA drinkers. I think it's an IPA which for... Which, as I stand on my lawn with my shotgun, yelling at the neighborhood kids, this is the <laughs> beer in my hand. Get off my lawn! Yeah, man, this is what I'm talking about. This is an IPA.
1: The And I think, to further that point, this might be the beer for craft beer drinkers. Yeah. Because you can appreciate the bitterness and the, and the strong hops in this without being like why am I drinking this is hard to drink why am I drinking this it's not hard to drink it's just different right and I think craft beer savants if you will would like this a lot
0: and I think you know I owe my buddy Todd a a lot of credit for recommending this beer to me he was like it's right up your alley and these days when someone says it's right up your alley to me that usually just means it's traditional west coast non-hazy because you know, that, everything that's hazy to. right Cause now. Because these days, yeah, everything's hazy. And we're just, you know, people that make clean IPAs and, and clear IPAs, they, they still make those, those are still out there, but it's few and far between, between to find new small batch stuff from breweries you love and respect. And so when he said it's right up your alley, I was like, oh, okay, you know, like a citrusy, easy drinking, light-bodied IPA. Yeah, sounds great. I'll love it. I didn't know that he truly knew – what i wanted which is nobody is making an ipa like this right now nobody and to have this right now in a world where everybody wants fermented orange juice and with so much hops that you can't even taste the hops like this is this is nice it warms my heart I am glad that I have two more in my fridge. The last beer that I had
1: like this, you're right, it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Was a gigantic IPA.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ben over there, gigantic. He uh, he uh, sticks to his he sticks to his guns. He likes his beer the way he likes his beer.
1: Right, and that's you're right. It's hazies, and honestly, that might lead into our next non location episode. We have to talk about hazies. We have to. Yeah, we have to talk about the style. We have to talk about why they've been proliferated so so far. Mm -hmm. why everyone's doing them, why people are obsessed with them. Yeah, I don't really understand it, and I want to talk about it because people love it. People are loving the style. So maybe that's a couple of weeks away. That's our next style-based podcast. I know we've already done a West Coast IPA, but we're so in the thick of the haze craze right now.
0: I know. We almost like, at least I do. I don't want to speak for you, but it's almost like I'm trying to ignore it but they we just can't. not accept it
1: we can't ignore it i know not for much longer anyway no, i know so maybe that'll be a couple of weeks away uh we keep teasing the block 15 on location we're, we're working still on working it on it trust us we're working on it uh it's not going to be next week next week's podcast we're going to the new barrel location yep and uh that's going to be our next podcast takeover our is our third podcast takeover now
0: uh yeah we did stormbreaker Grings. no we did stormbreaker
1: we did the Double Mountain and Freem. Oh, yeah. And now this is our third one.
0: <laughs> is it funny that I forget the Double Mountain and Freem one?
1: <laughs> it's not not that funny because I understand. Yeah. <laughs> we drank a lot of beer that day. Um so that'll be our next podcast takeover. It's gonna be out at it and be the new
0: location. I full disclosure, I haven't been to the new location. You said you were saving it, right? Yeah. Well, no, I wasn't saving. I was saving Stormbreaker for you. Oh. Okay. But I wasn't saving the Berelic because I love Berelick so much. But you know, if you listen to this show long enough, you understand how of a curmudgeon and, you know, stuck in my ways guy I am. I just always go to the original spot of Berelick. I'm like, yeah, that's on the east side. Uh. <laughs> oh, cool. You know, I ran into a bunch of the Barrelick guys last night trying to lock down uh the takeover for us uh for next week's podcast. And we were just talking and we were blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, yeah, how's the new place going? They're like, oh, it's awesome. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy for you. See you on 11th. Yeah, all right. I'm still going to the OG spot. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: So that's coming up next week. It's our next podcast, Takeover the, the Barrelick Brewing. That's next week. Maybe Hazy IPAs will be after that, and we're still working. Don't worry, on Block 15. We both want to go It'll really happen. badly. It'll happen. And make a day of it and go to some other Corvallis ones and maybe go to McMinnville and do some stuff in that day and have a DD, my wife. Love you. Um, love you, too. She doesn't listen, so <laughs> really supportive. Um, so that'll be coming up in the next month or so, and uh, hopefully some uh, other interesting things. Again, hint hint. Yeah, Oregon, hint, hint. Oregon history Yeah. might be coming up a little bit uh Or it might be coming up shortly.
0: Yeah, we've more uh,
1: specific Oregon history.
0: Yeah, thanks to you guys. You guys have put us in a position where we are about to um, embark on some really cool new endeavors, and we'll keep you guys posted once we know stuff.
1: So, really appreciate you guys listening. Please do continue to, to download the podcast, subscribe to us on radio.com, iTunes, or Google Play, wherever you find us, Stitcher. Uh, rate us, review us. We really appreciate anything that you can do. And and feel free to l- let us know about the podcast on social media. At MikeLins27 on Twitter, at PZ 85 on Instagram, and uh, also on at 1080thefan on Twitter. Next week, Barrelick Brewing. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Deuces.